got to Dr. Leslie Lewis on the line. Uh, she, of course, is a member of Parliament, uh, a member for, uh, she's in Haldeman, Norfolk, in the town of Dunville right now, her uh, area where she represents uh, the community there. And, of course, uh, Dr. Lewis uh, is running for the leadership of the Conservative Party of Canada. And so she's been very busy, and uh, so we appreciate her taking some time to, uh, to chat with us right here on Saga 960. Welcome, Doctor. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Um, our pleasure. Listen, uh, all right, it's uh, a lot of talk about memberships. I mean, uh, what, 600,000 sold? Uh, I mean, between all of you, huge number. According to the numbers we're seeing, uh, Polyev, Pierre Polyev, uh, signed up uh, 311,000, how much? 312,000 uh, new conservatives. And um, what do you think this says about uh, what Canadians are at? Or are you among those who thinks that a lot of those new signatories are probably liberals who will intend to, uh, to push this in a certain direction? And... Uh, maybe get uh, a centrist in there rather than a real conservative. Have you heard those types of arguments, Dr. Lewis? Well, to be honest with you, the numbers as the different candidates are putting it out there, they don't add up. If if Pierre sold what he said and Patrick sold what he said, our numbers should be closer to 900,000 because I know how many I sold. And unless I sold a negative number, those numbers don't add up. So I'm not sure why they need to put out their numbers and they need to brag about it. I'm just focused on doing my job and and, uh, getting results. And I believe that the voters will speak for themselves and the numbers will come out and we will see exactly who sold what at what point in time. You're allowed to brag about how many you signed on this show. You know, we're more than happy to, uh, to get that number if you're prepared to share that. But the truth of the matter is, is that I'm learning a lot about politics, and I can tell you if a politician says they sold 311,000 or they sold 150,000, I can tell you that they're always going to say they sold more than they did. And I just don't want to play that game, Mark. I just don't want to play that game. Okay, so it's a big fish story that some of these numbers are outlandish. You're not buying it. (laughs) No, 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 I'm not. Because, you know, I actually... We actually sent out an email to um, to our supporters, and they told us that many of them, thousands of them actually, got a letter from the Polyev campaign saying that they, they weren't registered to vote. So they panicked, and they added another year. So, Mark, I can guarantee you that we're going to see massive duplication in those numbers. I see. So when they added another year, they were counted as a new signatory. Is that, have I, is that right? Well, they were counted potentially as supporting Mr. Polyev because he sent out a letter saying that they weren't registered to supporters that weren't even supporting him. Okay. So people panicked the last day and re-registered. Well, that's unfortunate. I mean, if uh, if people are pumping up the numbers, then you have to ask, you know, can they be trusted about everything else they're saying? Here's a, a, a Globe and Mail column by Campbell Clark, paths to conservative leadership are now improbable for anyone not named Polyev. Your reaction? I think that's the narrative that his team wants to put out there. And it's it's very unfortunate because I remember when they said that about Peter and we, we saw the outcome. So I'm in this race to win and I think that nobody is eligible for a coronation. 
and it really rests within the memberships. And it's the members that are going to decide. No self-acclaimed um, king is going to rule the party. It's going to be the member's voice that resonates within the party. Uh, good for you for posting this Parliament's Most Wanted, a photo of MP Kathy Wagenthal. Am I pronouncing her name correctly? I hope so. Uh, sits on the desk of, yes. of Hill Security so they can keep a sharp eye out for this duly elected member of parliament who hasn't disclosed her private medical information. Uh, this was a, uh, I guess it shouldn't really be shocking considering uh, the uh, the opinions expressed by this prime minister towards anybody who either won't disclose or has just decided not to get the shots. But um, what do you make of this? This is uh, an eye opener for anybody, not even in not just in Canada, but people outside are going to be looking at what is going on in Canada. Yes, uh, Kathy was elected by over seventy percent of the people in her riding, and she has an obligation to be in Parliament to represent her constituents. And she originally was, but then the Liberals uh, decided to adopt a provincial, um, uh, an Ontario ruling of mandates, which was adopted last year. And so she was no longer allowed to be in because she no longer met the requirement. And um, those mandates are no longer in effect, but the Liberals continue to exclude a number of our elected MPs from Parliament, which I think is really, really terrible for our democracy got to ask you about uh, some of the other things you've uh, raised in your on your Twitter feed um, involving, say, the World Health Organization, because this has opened the door to attacks by the left-wing media, the CBC types, that uh, you're a conspiracy theorist, um, all this stuff about the World Health Organization, uh, a treaty that uh, c- countries were obligated to sign, really, or... or were pushed into into signing that essentially would have relinquished a lot of our sovereignty around uh, the uh, our management of pandemics in the future, and uh, then you also posted uh, the result of something that had taken place fairly recently that uh, the vote did not go the way that the World Health Organization wanted, and a lot of countries, somewhere in the neighborhood of forty seven in, in Africa and elsewhere were expressing uh, great res- grave reservations. Other places, too, like Brazil, said, well, we're not going to sign this thing. Russia as well. And so uh, talk about this. I mean, uh, you've, you've delved into this. Obviously, you have a background in understanding these documents, and you, you've looked at them, obviously, very carefully. Uh, how do you feel about the fact that it has uh, kind of left you open to being attacked as, as a kook by some, particularly in the liberal media? Well, that's okay, because I am an international lawyer. I have a PhD, and so anybody would know that what I do is I research, I produce data, I I analyze information. I don't have to resort to, it wouldn't even be within my personality to resort to conspiracies. They conflated two different things. One was the Global Pandemic Treaty, which is a treaty that has not been signed or negotiated. So when they accused me of holding up that document, they knew that that was patently false because you cannot hold up a document that has not even been negotiated, that hasn't been defined or ratified as yet. So that was clear. What I was talking about was the international health regulations, which are regulations that are attached to the WHO agreement, um, of which we are a signatory. And 
that those amendments were brought in by the Biden uh, regime. And really what they wanted to do is they wanted to preempt the global pandemic treaty and concretize, solidify these provisions in the regulations. So I believe when the treaty came out, people would say, well, these things are already there when civil society would raise concerns about uh, infringement of our sovereignty. Well, they would point to an existing regulation. Well, they got foiled because the UK, uh, a gentleman just with his own resources, brought a judicial review, asked for disclosure, alerted civil society around the world to it. I myself started a petition and within days had 22,000 signatures. I then took that and wrote a letter to the Minister of Health, letting the Minister of Health know that Canadians know what's happening. And the real issue, Mark, is do we want an unelected body to be determining when a pandemic is called? And then once that gets into motion, then we have to think about all of the abridgments of our freedoms that comes with that. And do we want an unelected body to be able to have that type of power? Or is that something that you, as a Canadian, believe should be held within our sovereign rights? And so if we don't like what our premiers do, we can vote them out. You cannot do that to an unelected body. And so civil society around the world got together and they made sure that the pressure was on and many countries refused to consent to the Biden amendment and it was struck down. The beauty is, is we know what they are planning in the global pandemic treaty. So it cannot be a conspiracy if this thing is actually in play. And they were supposed to have um, civil society meetings on the global pandemic treaty definitions and drafting of it in the summer, and they canceled those meetings. So you can go on the w, uh, the World Health Association uh, Assembly website, you would see um, that the meeting was canceled. You will see everything. And everything that I state, I actually link the document to it because I want Canadians to be able to go and read the documents and to know the truth. And yet, rather than actually covering the event, very little media did. They would prefer to cover those who covered it. <laughs> In other words, to go after the people who exposed what was going on rather than looking at what actually transpired um, but that's just the state of, of uh, media these days, and uh, I guess it's just par for the course. By the way, I mean, there's been talk about uh, defunding the, the CBC, uh, other measures. Uh, we have a government in Ottawa that seems preoccupied with wanting to license journalists, censor the Internet. Uh, from my own personal interest, where, where do you stand uh, in terms of do all of that, the media fund? Talk a little bit about your view on journalism in Canada, communications in Canada for me, please. I think in general, what we're seeing is that legacy media has become a arm of the liberal government and it has become a propaganda machine. It's unfortunate that what we're witnessing is the inability of mainstream media to represent the divergent views of Canadians. Yet we are paying over a billion dollars a year to the CBC out of taxpayers' money. I believe that that is a waste of money because they're not capable of independent journalism. They are a propaganda wing of the Liberal Party. There's complete distrust in legacy media. And our institutions, there are 
there's distrust in our institutions, in government and in the media. And we have to work to restoring that. And a part of doing that is having a, a an accountable media source who it, are accountable to the taxpayers. The move That's lo- a hallmark. A free media is a hallmark of, of, of an independent democracy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this quote from uh, Justice Minister David Lametti, you don't have an absolute right to own property in Canada. He was asked this within the context of seizing and selling off Russian assets, but the implication of that obviously is pretty scary. I mean, you've been traveling from one end of this country to the other in your campaign for the leadership of the CPC. Uh, are you finding a sense of alarm on the part of Canadians who see a radical agenda at play in Ottawa? And when you read quotes like this one, you really have to wonder how far these people are ready to go in terms of uh, imposing a centralized sense of control, much more control over Canadians. Well, now you're starting to sound like a conspiracy theorist, according to... No, I I just tell the truth, doctor. You know that, man. (laughs) But but that's exactly what is happening. They They are trying to desensitize people to the fact that um, perhaps we are going to have a home equity tax, to the fact that your, your right to private property, the right to even have inheritance and pass on your wealth to future generations, these are all things that they're trying to deconstruct for Canadians. If we look at something as simple as the invocation of the Emergency Measures Act, for peaceful protesters, where you confiscate people's property and you freeze people's bank account. It shows an utter disregard for the rule of law. It shows an utter disregard for private property it's without a court order. And these are things that our government is doing. And so it tells you the direction that they want to take this country in. Are people waking up? I mean, do people, are people listening to what you have to say about this? Are they coming to the realization that we're talking about a, 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 a country in which the government is taking a wrecking ball to our freedoms? Absolutely. I, I think people are waking up more and more so, because, but many of them are still shocked at the fact that these things are even happening in, in our country. But... People are coming to terms with it, and people are recognizing. I think that's why you're, you're seeing such a high concentration of membership in the Conservative Party, because a lot of eyes are opening. Thank you for bringing the interview full circle. Uh, the discussion around uh, uh, memberships. And I appreciate you coming on the show. I know you've got to run, and you've got lots of other interviews to do. And uh, so we really appreciate you coming on the show. Well, thanks for having me, Mark. It's always a pleasure.